For episode 27 of Writing Pursuits, I'm featuring Kat Vinson in the first chapter of her upcoming novel entitled Ember. We stepped through her chapter using my first chapter rubric. If you are interested in appearing on the show with your first chapter, then see the link in the show notes. If the link is no longer available, please see my services page on writingpursuits.com. Welcome to the Writing Pursuits podcast, where authors like you discuss writing craft, author life, and book marketing strategies. I'm your host, Catherine McKee. I own Writing Pursuits and write and produce the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. In addition, I am a speculative fiction author. Writing Pursuits is for authors who drink too much coffee, endure judgmental looks from their furry writing companions, and struggle for words. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Catrice McKee, and I'm glad you're here. Please leave a comment, a star rating, and follow the show to help others find writing pursuits. In this episode, I only include the discussion of the hook for Cat Vincent's novel. The full discussion of the entire first chapter is on YouTube, and I have included that link in the show notes. I wanted to keep this episode about 15 minutes so that you could just hear it on the way to town. Enjoy the show. Catherine Vincent believes in making lemonade from lemons happily ever afters, and stories with characters who struggle to do the right thing. She's married to her first love, and they are raising a beautiful teenage daughter in the Florida panhandle. Her major was cross-cultural studies, which is her excuse for an obsession with Asian TV dramas and unique fantasy world building. So 16-year-old Ember, the the story's called Ember, right? Right. The 16-year-old Ember wants to spread her wings and fly, literally, but it's forbidden since a human might see. So she runs away from the Florida Keys to the Bermuda Triangle to the hidden island her people abandoned 18 years ago. And then she breaks a wing. When 20-year-old Cole senses someone in a haystack, hiding in a haystack, he isn't expecting a Vindolfer. Okay, did I say that right? Vindolfer? Okay. We'll go with that. Okay, when 20-year-old Cole senses someone hiding in a haystack, he isn't expecting a Vindolfer teenager. Then she gets herself injured and surrounded by an enemy tribe. He only has one option if he wants to protect her, bind herself as her keeper. Together, the two must uncover the mystery of why Ember's people left, succeed, and her people can come home, fail, and she may lose her wings forever. All right. Awesome. Pretty good, pretty good book description. It's almost there, I think. So good deal. Good good show. Okay, so okay, this is a little um mind map uh, of the first chapter rubric. The thing you need to know is that there is a set of global elements up here from the story rubric. I'm a three-story method uh certified editor, and so we use the story rubric all the time. I've developed this first chapter rubric because I feel like authors have a hard time with the first chapter. It's so important. It's so hard to get right. And I think that this will help people perfect the first chapter on their own and with the help of, you know, an editor if they need it. So 
in the global elements that we're most concerned about. There's a global conflict, global choice, and global consequences. You did a pretty good job of hinting at those in your back cover description. So here's the global conflict. Um, you know, it could be any of these. Let me move it down a little bit. Character versus self, character versus character, character versus society, character versus nature, character versus technology, character versus the supernatural, and character versus fate. I'm thinking yours is probably character versus self a little bit, a little bit of this, and probably a lot of this. Am I am I right? Right. Okay. Actually, yeah, yeah I think well. <laughs> that that's going to be where we're at. Um, she she's going to have some some things about herself. Um, I can tell with the Ritter that you introduce in the second scene that there's going to be some character versus character conflict. That's that's always a good story. And then the overriding theme, though, is kind of the character versus society. Right. Yeah. And so and then out of all that conflict flows choices and all the choices to def- uh, deserve consequences. That's what you're kind of promising is that there's going to be consequences. So that's where the global elements come from. And here in a minute, we're going to read the hook for your story. But the thing I'm going to be looking at are these five elements, promise, point of view, setting, tone and mood and genre under promise. It's, you're promising there's going to be answers to the questions you raise. There's going to be conflict and there's going to be satisfaction in the end. So all that happens in that like first three paragraphs or so. And uh, then there's the point of view. You have to establish point of view and it needs to be clear and engaging setting is time and place. You're going to raise some questions about the set through the setting and it gives context, right? So if that's missing, you don't have context or you don't know what, where you are, or what time of day it is. That only works if you've got a hostage situation. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, Tony Moon is what I mean by that is you're creating emotion and you're promising that it's going to be enjoyable. And then you, uh, with the genre, you're going to establish the genre pretty much right away. And your readers are going to think it's going to meet their expectations. So that all has to happen in the hook. And that's why we're going, <laughs> that's where we're going with this. So let's, without any more ado, since you wrote it, I'm going to let you read it. Okay. Clear skies, a strong breeze, and absolutely no one around. Just right for flying. Standing at the edge of the trees, Ember gazed across a clearing scattered with sedges and palmetto plants. She'd found the secluded spot six months ago, a barren space deep in the hardwood hammock of the Florida Keys, and it had quickly become her favorite hideout. Sliding her backpack off her shoulder, the 16-year-old peered into the top of a nearby gumbo limbo tree. There, she spotted the familiar broken stub high among the peeling red branches. Her bag with red school books and leftover packed lunch would be out of reach of most noisy, nosy creatures up there. A running start into a leap and her weeped wings, webbed wings, unfurled with a crisp snap. She hovered for a half second, looping the bag on the branch before her sneakered feet landed back on the forest floor. Now to practice. That's a very clear hook. Um, 
I kind of gave you that last sentence because I felt like it was the hook to the rest of it that, you know, leads into the next action that's going to happen. Let me show you the rubric. This is what the rubric looks like. Um, you know, the actual rubric, not the uh, map. <laughs> and I actually even have a, ta a table of contents to help people find the section they're looking for. I copied your blurb up here or your, your back cover description. And then this is kind of the way it works is every section, or in this case, it's a subsection, um, has a, a table and they each have the same heading, undeveloped, fair, good, excellent. Excellent is usually just ridiculously hard to achieve. If you have straight good, you've got a very strong first chapter and you really don't have much to worry about. But this is like, uh, the hook is likely to be quoted from now on, you know, like, like, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Everybody knows the first sentence of Pride and Prejudice, right? So right. that's kind of a little bit unattainable. <laughs> They're going to print it on bookmarks and t-shirts. Okay. You know, all right. All right. Calm down. But anyway, this is a promise of conflict answers to questions, satisfying story. And so I say that your hook is original, interesting. Immediately questions are raised in the reader's mind. Some form of conflict is clear and there's a promise of a satisfying story. Readers want to keep reading. They are hooked. So what I, re what I really like, let me put that right, is that um, just right for flying. Your very first sentence is excellent. So clear skies, a strong a breeze, and absolutely no one around. So this hints at conflict right away. She's keeping a secret, right? And that means that somebody would be upset if they found her. So well done. And then before the end of the first, first page, I have the following questions. Ember can fly. Whoa, wait. You know, is she a fairy? What's going on here? And why does she have to practice in secret? That's my second question. And what is she practicing for? Who would keep her from using her wings and why? And then finally, why is she trying to blend in with her clothes? That's That part comes next where it describes her clothing and the, the effort she's made to uh, blend in. And so um, really good really good stuff. And that's the first one of the five things we talked about in the hook was the promise. So loads of questions, a promise of conflict. I think it's going to be a satisfying story. Then the next thing is point of view. Well, obviously we're really in her head. She doesn't, she hasn't said anything, but we're in her head. Memorable character characterization begins immediately or the narrator charms the reader in the first three paragraphs. I, I felt a connection to her, you know, the kid after school who's doing something that she thinks she needs to do, but everybody else might feel like she doesn't need to do. We are strictly in her point of view. Um, also, really well done. Let me go over to your manuscript here. We know that her name is Ember. We know she's 16 year old, years old. We know she is in school because of her school books and leftover packed lunch. I think that was pretty much it, but we know exactly, we know a lot about this character already. And also we know that she has wings, <laughs> maybe most important <laughs> of all, <laughs> we know she has wings. So let's go back to our rubric here. Uh, the setting you've, you've set the setting very well, uh, clearly scattered with hedges and palm 
palmetto plants, hardwood hammock of the Florida Keys. So we know kind of where we're at. Florida Keys are those little chain of islands at the end of Florida that a lot of people haven't been to. Uh, (laughs) Gumbo limbo tree, uh, peeling red branches, nosy creatures. And you can guess what time of day it is because you mentioned the leftover lunch and the fact that she's had, you know, it's afternoon. So that's very clear. And it's place and time. So setting is, is communicated well within, without, you didn't do, oh, it was three o'clock after school. Um, I had just walked down and I hid myself in the woods and I did this and this and this and this. And uh, you, you did that without a bunch of, of information dumping. You just suck it in there. Uh, the little details were sprinkled in. So I felt like that was very deftly handled. Okay. Tone and mood. I, I, again, I said, good. The hook sets a clear tone and mood. The word choices and phrasing are original engaging. Readers feel confident they will enjoy the experience because of the author's tone and the emotions they feel at the beginning make them look forward to getting on with the story. Immediately, I was I was intrigued because this is her favorite hideout. Would be out of reach of most nosy creatures. I want to know what kind of creatures are in this woods that would be interested in stuff. Absolutely no one around. And then I loved this sentence. Her webbed wings unfurled with a crisp snap. She has sneakered feet and now to practice. That is a very great way of starting your characterization. Not only does she want to do something in secret, but she's evidently disciplined enough to want to practice, which is like, wow, that's kind of unusual for a 16 year old. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I didn't want to practice anything when I was 16. <laughs> um, so the reader can sense Ember's satisfaction and her anticipation. They can feel confident they will enjoy the experience. Okay, final section of the hook is a genre. The hook establishes the genre of the story and makes a promise that it will be consistent with genre expectations. I'm going to say this is a contemporary fantasy. Yeah. And so what we have here is just right for flying right away. We get this little hook here that tells us something's going on. And then she has webbed wings and she flies up hooks her bag on the branch, and then she plops back down to the ground. So clearly she's not a normal human. (laughs) So well done. And that's the end of this episode. I want to thank Kat for letting me be a part of her project, for letting me read her first chapter and feature it here. I can hardly wait to read Ember when it comes out. It's going to be great. Remember that the full episode is on YouTube at the link in the show notes. And that's all I have for today. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for the weekly newsletter, Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing.